Hello world, I'm Del Hussein and this is the Wow Mind. I am here with Earl Arney, visionary uh, architect, who I think it's right to say that you are the last architect in London who has built a skyscraper. And the skyscraper is in the city of London and it's just behind us. It's like all over 100 metres away. And I worked out if your skyscraper was horizontal, it would take me about 20 seconds to run the length of it from the outside because it's 181 metres and uh, that's 200 metres speed. So in a nutshell, how are you? Really well. What's but who, new? Well, who would have thought, not, not your speed of running, yeah. but who would have thought that um, a convict Australian um, recently arrived in London would have the privilege of um, getting to contribute to our great city skyline? And that was, I think, 2010 that started. So, yeah. uh, you know, and a lot has changed, hasn't it? I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing because it is such an imposing building on the skyline. And it is true, Earl. I mean, the last person to build a skyscraper in London is Northie. That's kind of rich. It's brilliant. <laughs> How did that come about? What happened? Well, I'm sure it's got what? nothing to do with the fact that my first name is more like a title. And I can only begin to describe... Mm-hmm how tortured that was growing up in a, a colony um, like um, Perth, Western Australia, but, but I'll, I'll swiftly move on. Um, really, well, I, I think, you know, the interesting thing for me is that the drivers that went to create our role on 100 Bishop's Gate um, are very, very similar to what they are now, and let me explain that. Um, and Graham Morrison uh, did an awesome job from Allies of Morrison of getting the consent in 2006, 2007, 100 Bishop's Gate. Our role was uh, first to work independently of him and essentially um, what some people would reductively call optimise, but to essentially enable the building to be pre-let, working from as much as the outside in, the inside out. Um, And of course, 2010 was just after the aftermath of 2008. We remember those times. World's worst recession in 60 years with the headlines in the papers. That, That, of course pales into insignificance for 300 <laughs> years, which I think we've got now. Yeah. Um, but, but they're really similar drivers. But I think the really fascinating thing for me is that whilst there's similarities about the economic condition, there is a delightful and a welcomed um, uh, a perspective and uh, awareness of issues that were just peripheral in 2010. And, and what are they? Those issues are about... Um, essentially, if you categorise all of them, it's about people matter. They're about wellness. Yes, they're about sustainability and carbon, all of that sort of stuff. But moving well beyond issues that architects and developers get involved with in terms of ratings, but you know, how can you really create a place that is right for people and also healthy? And I believe buildings, um, this next round of buildings, will be bastions of health and what you have to go through to actually enter those buildings, which will become seamless and effortless, will mean that they're some of the healthiest environments um, that we get to inhabit, um, uh, in addition to our own homes that we've got much control over. So it's a really exciting time. All those peripheral issues uh, about wellness, 
carbon sus uh, sustainability are really now central. So it's a great time to be an architect. Do you think, do you think that the idea now, because of this pandemic, right, um, which we can't get away from at the moment, but the, the people that are looking at buildings now have got a different view, whereas before they would say things like health and well-being, and I, I kind of started to feel it was like something to say. Yeah. Whether actually people meant it yeah. and they felt it, uh, it was almost like... Well, they felt obliged to, they felt to obliged. mention it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a lot of people, I would say, uh, up until about 2012, they would start saying sustainability, and I would talk to some of them, yeah. and actually they didn't really yeah. buy into it, but they felt they needed to. Yeah. And now you need to because there's such a relationship between, it's almost like your spirit and the earth yeah. and how you feel and and your health. And and I think, you know, a lot of people, while they've been at home, they've been, they've been doing gardening, they've been going for walks, they've been doing all this stuff and kind of getting back in touch in a way that they would never have had that opportunity. So maybe it's given something back to people, which, I mean, it takes something like this to give people that little bit of yeah. um, earthiness back, you know? And But you are actually quite like that. You're a, quite a spiritual person, which I... I hope so. Which I, I want to explore a little bit. Yeah, because, sure. Because you're seeing, in a, in a funny way, if this was Wolf of Wall Street, you would be, um, you would be the guy who runs a big corporation. You're, you're a guy who's a successful entrepreneur, architect, runs big organisations, and you do the biggest things, the city towers, the skyscrapers, the which there's only a handful of people that do. But actually, you're very, if I can say, slightly hippie-ish <laughs> um, in, in some of the things that you believe in. Well, I'm I'm definitely an oddball, you know. Yeah, I'm not not just with you know the um, the, the penalty of a title as a name and and also my um, colonial heritage, being in the great city we are. But um, I think that um, you know as, as we all uh, let, let, let me first. I mean, there's a lot of rich stuff that you mentioned there. I I think let, let me see if if I can tackle it um, uh, on a number of fronts. Um, you, you, you rightly observe, to my mind, the authenticity that is now being shown to issues that were um, perhaps being ticked off as boxes. And I think there is a whole um, raising of our collective consciousness um, that is one of the positive aspects of what we've gone through. And it's not to diminish the huge loss and grief that many, many families have felt. But but um, I've I've um, and and honouring all of that. But but thinking about the half full aspects of it, I mean, just um, the uh, what this has forced us to do is to become much more connected with our own spirit, with our families, the importance of all of that, and putting everything else in perspective. And Del, you and I have great responsibilities as employers, um, and you know, making sure. In your case, uh, marshalling of talent, and in mine, um, uh, also uh, contributing to our clients, and in a, in a larger sense, the civic contributions that any buildings we make, but also making sure they're uplifted and the rest of it. Um, I think that um, there there is absolutely this change in outlook. Some examples um, after this, I, I'm lucky enough to be presenting a pre-app of a residential project that we're designing uh, and have designed during COVID. Um, and during COVID, um, our client has been really supportive 
uh, and more so than that, has actually been a, a co-collaborator in making sure that the apartments are right. So there isn't a space standard now for working at home, but there damn well should be. I mean, there's a lag, I get it. But he's ahead of the time and he's allowing us to do that. And so how, how, do you, how do you make sure that the spaces we create are really right for this really shifting dynamic place? And also part of that, I think, is also creating, um, uh, uh, you know, great spaces and buildings that have... Um, you know, this loose fit um, for a long life. Uh, and it's a bit like our, our warehouse um, from not far from here in Shoreditch that was built in the 1870s. It was a hat factory. It has now been repurposed a whole bunch of times, including an architectural studio. Um, so so all of that, that stuff, I think, is important in terms of the care of the earth, you know, how we serve people. And I've always seen... Um, over the last um, 20, 25 years, showing my age, um, in my career, that what I do is part of my spiritual practice. And um, it's nice that you ask, because I, I, I don't think um, um, many people would see that necessarily in me or um, would think along those lines, but it's certainly really important to me. Well, I know, I mean, Earl, uh, it's really interesting because you, you have a brother who who is very spiritual? He, I think he got a couple actually. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, but one of them, I think, lives in India or something. Yeah, and um, in a way, probably quite poles apart. But then I, I remember you were saying once, you guys were sat together and you were spending hours talking about almost like existence, really. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, where where does that all take you? Where, yeah, that's, how does that yeah. embroider itself in? Because you've got these influences of, you know, you've got the same mum and dad who have who have kind of brought you both up in the same way, the three of you up in the same way. You've all gone in such kind of weird ways. Just tell us maybe a little yeah. bit about that. Well, the um, uh, I have three brothers, as you mentioned, and and um, uh, you know the 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 uh, my eldest brother. I'm the youngest. Uh, I'm the baby of the family, uh, and with all those privileges, um, but uh, not quite the same as what the oldest was gifted with. Um, um, uh, but we're poles apart, as you say, because I'm a, a guy outwardly involved in running a business um, uh, in a large city in the world, and uh, his life choice is quite different. Um, which is um, much more about minimalist um, approaches and simplifying his life. So he has a purity in his uh, search for spiritual elevation um, and God realization. Um, and 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 I think within our family and our generation, um, with with those two um, um, uh, polar opposites, they're, well, they're actually not. They're, they're bookends of of a very similar spiritual path, I guess, uh, in my way of thinking. And it's really interesting that you can come from parents who my parents were both spiritually aligned my my mother was the first anglican minister in australia and really? campaigner for women's rights and wow. all of that sort of stuff and i have another brother who um uh, is also an anglican minister um but of a difference too and he he saw uh, an amazing need uh, for the hunger of men who were incarcerated um, and left the uh, relative comfort of a parish um, to then become a, um, a prison uh, chaplain, um, which he 
he does and he rides his motorbike with his uh, dog collar and all of those things. So he's, he's I, I think we we yeah. might well be a, a family of oddballs, as, as you're suggesting. But, you know, who cares? Do you know what? It's not even a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a family of character. But I think what's really evident is there's a passion in whatever is being done. Because I think your, your brother certainly the one who... Um, I mean, you've got the brother who's the minister. You've got the other brother, who who's I think gone down a different route, um, and he's his route is I don't know what is he living in a cave or something or something <laughs> unusual. But he's, uh, in, he's in an ashram. Yeah. In an ashram. Okay. So, uh, but I mean, that's quite a. You know, you've got to really believe in that, and you've yeah. got to really be passionate. And it's quite amazing and lovely that he's made that choice, and um, and you see him. And you, I know when you were speaking about him earlier on, that you were saying it's just fascinating to listen the commitment he has to that world and, and you can totally get it. And I think it's like with anything, when you get a passion for something, you can throw yourself in. And it's, uh, I'm thinking about a time when, um, you know, when you're at school and you've done something wrong and they say, right, you're staying for detention. And the punishment is, and we had one which was, the punishment is to write an essay about life inside a ping pong ball because they thought that would be the most torturous thing for most people. And I found it actually one of the most exciting things we've done because you could almost escape inside this vacuum of anything, you know? And um, and I found myself scribbling away. But I think that's what passion is. You find yourself just doing things that really drive you, move you, make you feel enlightened. And you've done it through your architecture and you, you know, your enthusiasm lifts people. And that's why they say, we can see your vision. Let's build a skyscraper. Um, and not everyone gets to do that in the same way that your brother's saying, well, I'm going to live in ashram and this is what I want to do. Cause I can see life beyond the material yeah. kind of things. I think um, it's, it's really interesting um, juxtaposition, because I, I think that, um, I, I mean, I, I should contextualise my eldest brother too, because he he holds a master's from an Australian National University, um, um, submitted a doctorate at Columbia University, um, but actually got to the point of saying, look, he, he could have this incredible academic life, which was about um, ancient Indian philosophy and he speaks Sanskrit and um, right. uh, reads Sanskrit rather and speaks Hindi, all of, all of these things. But for him, it was a conscious choice of saying, you know what, um, I'm going to um, unburden myself from all of these expectations and I know where I'm happiest um, is uh, serving this community in this ashram. And, and he's... Um, um, He's the only um, uh, foreigner there. Um, he's, um, uh, he does purposely very menial tasks, which are very rewarding for him. And I, I went and visited him once and I, I mirrored him. I got to the end of three days and I thought, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you're waking up at 4 a.m. and getting the temple ready and all of those yeah. things that sound all quite banal. But within that re repetition and that celebration of life comes a great, great awareness of the gift that we all have. Um, and I think for me, um, you know, I, um, I've, I've had, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Because we, we all get course corrected 
from time to time, and I've I've had quite a few of those in my life. Which um, you know, at the, at the at the time when you go through them, you're you're gripping the seat pretty hard, and and um, the rest of it. But they are amazing, and I think for me they've um, they've helped me focus on not just what I um, really enjoy, but what I see as my purpose. Um, and I think that I'm really privileged because. Um, I see that I've, I've got a vocation which is an intersect of um, what my purpose is as well. And I, I think for me that's really, really rewarding. And, it, and it's deep down in, mm. in your being that uh, is Talk great. to me about that, that purpose. What is it? What is this yeah. purpose? What is this burning cauldron? Well, that's a that's a really tough thing to summarise because it's multifarious. But um, well, I guess I mean there's, there's whole sorts of layers of that. Um, I mean, there. Um, I mean, we both have responsibilities for the people we employ, um, and you know, it, it's like having gold poured in your pocket, watching people develop, and you know take um, uh, in inverted commas ownership of, of projects and and bring things in a really unexpected way um, so and and seeing people progress is is one of the most rewarding aspects that I have for my job I think in terms of uh, the purpose I mean there, there is very much a, a sense I have of serving others and um, this is perhaps um, you know um, where the reconciling of of um, competing demands is, is sometimes really interesting because as architects, obviously, we're, we're engaged by clients. So there, there's a direct service that we have to do for that. But it's also about everyone that um, you'll never meet who come to participate in the building, whether they enter it or not, and or even if they see it from afar. And space has energy. Um, and if you can imbue that space with a great vibration, um, and it just feels right. Um, that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm and I, I, I should just hide. Fascinating. Space has energy, and to get the vibration right, can you can you go yeah. into that a little bit? Yeah, I, I should hasten to say that um, I'm a naivety at all of this. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, what, I don't know what I'm doing, and it's very intuitive. Um, um, but you know, the I mean, it starts with you know, the, the, through history, there's there's been there are many rule systems and um, spatial and proportional guides. You know, from the Hellenic times, the Chinese had very some very similar um, uh, facets and, and thinking that um, you know are, are really interesting because when you design things based off those precepts, um, they just either look right or they feel great um, mm. and they're good for the soul and they up, they uplift you when you're inside them. Um, uh, so it, it's that quality that we don't often talk about um, and um, are often not expected to or is would be... You'd be deemed to, unfortunately, a bit of a nutcase in, in many, many commercial <laughs> environments to mention all of this. Yeah. But they're really important, and and you know, um, many many people um, would would recognise how they're feeling um, as they they have the delight of, you know, approaching and and going through the double thresholds and in the amazing welcoming space and how it just kind of works and all of that stuff. Um, um, other, others might not, and and yeah. that's cool. Um, well, they've they've actually got research now where they say, um, you know, your psychology is impacted, and I think it's um, something like ten percent of your psychology 
is impacted by the environment you're in. Um, I think 40% is your what you determine it to be. Um, and 50% is your DNA from your mum and dad. Huh. So mum and dad, there you go, that's your bit. And then that 40%, what you choose it to be. And then the 10% is the external factors, right? So the 40% is mindset. How do you want to be? Is it raining outside or are you going to sing in the rain? You know, how do you want it to be? And how do you want to transform the environment? And and I think to an extent, when you say, um, you know, you go into space and there's an energy it's because it's the decision you've said, I'm going to make the energy, I'm going to see the energy, and it's going to, it's a bit like me inside my white ping pong ball, you know, you see something that isn't there, but it, it enlights you and you think, this is what I've got to do, I've got to do something, and it's almost like intangible, almost like metaphysical kind of reality. Yeah, I get it, I get it. You know, um, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just not uh, in atoms and neutrons, yeah. and it's it's an invisible thing. But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist yeah. in the same way that... Well, I, I think, I mean, there's several things in there. I'll, I'll tell you in a moment how I, I, I got to be, uh, well, one of the, the factors that have, have shaped me. But I, I think what, what you say is so interesting at this time, isn't it? Because we have a world of... Um, uh, we're experiencing the world right now through flat screens, and it's yeah. really difficult to um, to pick up energy of people um, through a flat screen. You know, yeah. with home working, hybrid working, and and all of these things. And um, my my sincere hope through all of this is that. Um, all, in addition to all the great aspects where we've we've had this condensed period of change, and we know that um, uh, um, many knowledge workers can uh, can work from home, and we can have hybrid office models, all of that stuff, which is great for families. All in addition to that, um, I hope there will be an enduring sense of the importance of engaging with people in the same space. And we all know people have auras. Um, well, well, um, we're aware that people have auras. Um, and you feel it, you sense it. Yeah. Um, um, that's uh, less easy to do through a flat screen, in my experience. But I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm at the beginning of my path, so I'm sure others um, can do that. But I, I think that um, the, the the other aspect that you mentioned is the purpose of imbuing spaces with all of this. And I should just, as an aside, tell you this story, which is um, hopefully you'll find it you know, at least amusing and enlightening in a self-depreciating way. So um, uh, my father, for all of my sins, was an architect as well. He, um, uh, he, he recognised that I had an interest in architecture and I had this symbiotic um, experience of architecture as a as a teenager, just with his architectural magazines hanging around. I thought that's pretty cool. Anyway, he um, he was a uh, a partner of uh, an architectural firm. Uh, it was a big wheel in our town of of, of architecture of our city, and he he recognised that a number of his business partners also had sons who'd come into um, the practice and. And um, uh, he didn't want the same thing to befall upon me because, um, in his opinion, um, they weren't great and they were just cruising and uh, he wanted me to find my own path. So he steered me into engineering. I did a year of that, absolutely hated it. And then I, mm. I, I said, you know, in a nice way, screw you, I'm, I'm going to do architecture. Um, uh, and I became his worst nightmare. I, I thought, mm. look at him, he's got a great car, all those things that's important <laughs> in, your, in your late teens and early 20s. 
it's got a good house, you know, got a pool, um, all of those trappings that I thought were really important. And so I'm just going to cruise. I just have his life. And then um, fast forward uh, a year and a half into architecture, I found myself at the Architectural Association um, summer exhibition for a host of reasons. And I was staring at this triptych, amazing plan section elevation. These drawings were three metres long by about seven, eight hundred mil high. They were incredible pastel drawings framed behind glass. They were amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, who knows how long I was standing there transfixed by the penmanship uh, and the artistry and the design uh, of a chap called Eldridge who did these. And my father, uh, who was also there, quietly walked up behind me. I don't think um, uh, I was aware of him until he was right behind me. And he said, so, Earl, what do you think of that? And, and I gushed. I said, oh, Dad, it, it's amazing. He said, yeah, it is. And it makes your work look really pedestrian. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't think he heard me as he walked off. He just shuffled off not waiting for a reply, and I just said, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I think he perfectly calibrated that for me, um, and he, he himself had a great intuition. And for me it was a light bulb coming on saying, um, whatever you do, you know, you um, don't don't waste opportunities. Uh, and they're, they're, um, and what, what can you do to make the most of what you've got and celebrating even the ordinariness of life or, or, or even great um, artistry of, of those, that triptych. So for me, that, that um, um, uh, and, and what was that? That was um, in, the, in the late 80s. For me, that, that has been really helpful in my life of just saying we're all so privileged to have the life we are. We're so privileged to have technology to be able to listen to this or, or, or um, engage with you, Del. Um, so how do we, how do we, you know, acknowledge um, all of that sort of stuff and and do the best we do as you know, and not put pressure on ourselves, but really have our eyes open as we track through this wonderful experience of life. It's fascinating that your dad said you're being pedestrian. What does that do to you when you when you hear that? Does that make you think? Did you immediately think, okay, so you're saying I'm not being extreme enough, I'm being too safe, I'm being too, or or are you thinking, yeah, screw you, Dad, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing all right, forget well, it. Why can the ego take yeah. it? You know, yeah. I mean, what? How does? Because yeah. there's always this kind of slight. I mean, they always talk about this father son kind of like come on you don't know there's a there's a balance of push them along toughen them yeah. up and then trying to protect them as well yeah so but then it's just how does the information occur to you yeah it's a really good point isn't it um because i i think uh, I, I mentioned earlier that he i think he calibrated it well because it was i heard it and i i i in a nanosecond i responded you got it and yeah, yeah um whereas you know my son who's 12 you know if i said that to him well i wouldn't because he's he's um much more sensitive than than um i was then in my early 20s um, a case in point, though, I mean, he, um, he's just started high school. He's now in his second year. Um, and, you know, as we all know, in London, you know, it's, a, it's a bit of a disaster, you know, hmm. uh, moving from primary school to high school is greatly stressful. I think probably as much for parents as it is for kids in many instances, certainly my case. 
and um, he, um, uh, he, he has a certain efficiency about him. So his, his current belief is that if you can do things as faster than anyone else, that's the best outcome. So I'd pick him up from these exams and how do you go? He said, oh, awesome, Dad, really well. I smashed it. I, I finished well before everyone else. Like, ah, maybe. Anyway, so predictably, he, he bombed out. He crashed out of all six of those exams that he right. did. And then we, we, um, I, I managed to somehow, uh, through a bit of cajoling of headmasters, um, have the opportunity for him to sit, you know, poor fellow, two more <laughs> exams. And I sat him down beforehand and I said, so... Um, and it was a very different conversation to the Architectural Association with my father. And I didn't quite understand how I was going to have this conversation, so it just happened. But um, I, I sat him down and I, I said... Um, Something like, um, so Shay, um, you, you've got to understand that um, you're running out of runway, you know, um, yeah. meaning that yeah. time's not there. And he, he kind of looked at me and said, what does that mean? Predictably, as a 12-year-old would, I said, well, have a think about it. You know, you're, um, you're the pilot of this plane. Where are you going to take it? You know, you're hurtling down the runway. Are you really going to go for it, put the thrusters on, pull up and soar off into the horizon? Or are you going to put the brakes on and just stay grounded? What do you want to do? Um, and, and that was, was kind of like the beginning and almost the end of the conversation. Um, and um, I thought... Oh, well, I guess that didn't go that well. But then he went on to smash those things. Um, and fast forward to... Um... When we look at the, the world ahead in light of what we've just had now, Earl, and uh, we're talking about a vision for the future, a vision for cities even, um, the city right now is a bit of a ghost town. Um, what can we take away that we can make something good from this what could be the future what because at this point yeah it's all navel gazing but it's about what can we because we it feels a bit like we're in one of those movies you know where you look around the city you wake up i remember a twilight zone episode where you wake up one morning and there's no one there and there's like just cars stopped and yellow cabs with doors open and things um there's an element of that here yeah what can you do after that how, how does one move forward? How will the city move forward? Um, how will buildings change? Because people, I mean, the whole nature of people is we're social animals. We need to be together. We need to mix. We need to merge. People need to go to bars or libraries or study groups or, you know, just meet people to do cake making or whatever. They, you need society. And even if you go back to us in tribes, we just hung around in, in tribal groups, right? Yes. Yeah. So sitting at home with your uh, with your Netflix is really not a future for um, a longevity of people, of man. And you're certainly not going to pick up the social skills. So what happens now? Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, walking here today, you know, up Bishop's Gate, um, it wouldn't have been that unexpected if Charlton Heston came riding around a corner on a horse like the beginning of the very first Planet of the Apes, and I'm certainly showing my age, and everything is deserted. Um, so, um, I think how, how do Ben has? Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> similar. So, um, and but there's, I mean, I'm really optimistic. I mean, there, and I, I see these green shoots. Um, and, we, you know, we're in the early doors of this, aren't we? You know, we're, we're like seven months in the United Kingdom. We're seven months into this. Um, and it's easy to think how long this is, but it's been a relatively short period. 
I'm, I'm really hopeful for a number of reasons. I think that um, uh, what, what we've been through, what we're going through, uh, is precipitating amazing change, um, not just in... Um, for conversations like these that probably wouldn't have happened quite so easily otherwise, but also right to our city fathers and planners. And I, I think that outside your office here, Devonshire Square, Bishopsgate, um, the centre of London, I would be really surprised that if in 10 years um, uh, some of these major streets aren't pedestrianised, they're full of trees, um, the fresh air quality of our cities are amazing. Um, uh, and all of that is quite, quite possible. Um, and you can see it already happening um, on a granular level in terms of just the reprioritising of bikes over cars. And, um, and you look at the, the sales of electric vehicles that have just yeah. shot through the roof. So I, I think um, um, people will always have um, the desire to connect um, um, beyond virtual connection. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't see any decline of the city. I think we'll stay, our city in terms of office space use will be about the same. I think that there'll be a much greater concern for the spaces between buildings, thankfully, than buildings just themselves. Um, and I mean, we're, we're, we're currently designing a 60 story building in the, in the heart of the city. And that, that is in some regards similar, but it's vastly different because uh, it, it's all people-centric. Um, it's all about how you get the best indoor environmental quality. How do you really uplift um, people's spirits? And how do you uh, make sure that you make it really democratic so you can get everyone to the roof, but in a meaningful way that um, isn't, you know, some sort of nod to, um, to, uh, to just ticking that box and making that happen. Um, so I, I, I think that... Um, we're we're on a on a path if and if we continue the conversations like you are, are, are so honorably doing that will just help reinforce this momentum and i think it's all up to us to make sure that we do have this inertia that continues to um, uh, have the velocity and the weight behind it that enables there is real change um, not just for us but certainly for our children and for the future generations and you know that that um, that comes into all aspects of not just our city making but making sure that um, you know uh, we don't have water poverty uh, every person on the earth has access to clean water and you know there's some of the the you know there's some of the lower levels of and the base of Matso's pyramid, so we, we need to we need to approach yeah. all of these things. Really, really important. But I see it all happening, and I hear it in the conversations that I have in the commercial sphere. It's really exciting. It's brilliant. What's next, Dale? What are you up to? What are you up to in yourself? Yeah. Um, What's getting you excited at the moment? What's making you think? Do you know what this is? This is great. This is absolute. I mean, I know sixty-story kind of skyscraper is pretty good, but in yourself, what's happening? So, um, to be really honest, I, I think that um, this the last seven months has been really, really challenging. Um, um, and there was a, there was a, um, and actually, it's even before then in the UK. There's there was four years of of challenges with the headwinds of Brexit, you know, with our election and in the part of the property sector that we look, you know, it's kind of just everything stalled. 
And to be honest, you know, I had a complete meltdown in February. Right. You know, I, I sat at home one Friday morning crying, um, not knowing how I could put one foot before the other. Um, but, um, you know, um, that, that was fleeting um, because we've all had challenges in life. And if you can remember just, you know, how at the time they've, they felt, you know, um, absolutely apocalyptic. Um, you can have faith in the human spirit. You can have faith that, you know, you're never given more than you can handle. And, you know, you can just have the confidence, like, you know what, I'm just going to smash it. And come what may, I know I'm going to be all right. Um, and come what may, I know I'm going to be able to provide for my family. Um, so, um, you know, for me, the thing that really excites me is that... Um, it puts everything else in perspective after going through that. And, of course, February was a month before the real stuff started to happen, so I was well prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I, I, I felt, for me, to be really honest, that it's gone to um, deepen my resilience and hopefully I've been able to um, convey and communicate that to my business partners and to the people that we employ um, and, you know... Um, uh, for the most part, we've, um, and I, I think today, without exception, we've we've been able to avoid making anyone redundant um, during that period. So we're we're really really lucky. Um, uh, so if any small way I can I can help others who might be challenged for whatever reasons, um, that um, that would be really wonderful. So that excites me, and and that keeps me going. Excellent. Well, I get that that February feeling. Um, I think probably a lot of people are going through that now. Yeah. But it's interesting. Um, you found a way to to work your way through it, and it is that thing again. You can it's it's your runway analogy. You know, you could kind of like just drive to a, a halt and say that's it. Or you could say, okay, no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this opposite yeah. route. And and that Friday morning, you know, um, it was every part of my senior that was saying, oh, just stay in your jammers. Stay in bed, you know, uh, just, yeah, but, yeah, you've, um, we've all got times, haven't we, where you've got to, you know, show up. And that's that invisible kidding. thing, that invisible energy that says, yeah. come on, get up, yeah. get yeah, your ass and out of bed. No, I think that, you know, um, uh, I, th I think I've, you know, in my own colloquial and colonial way, you know, always <laughs> said that, you know, um, um, uh, regardless of the challenges, you know, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna go fighting. Uh, I'm always gonna go down fighting if I, if, if I have to go down. And then, you know, not that that will ever happen, but you know, that that's kind of the mindset. I'll always do your best. And and I think some of those conversations that I mentioned to you from the mm. Architectural Association has has helped. Um, and I've been really fortunate to have experiences I've had and you know there are many more and you know I think there's no bad experiences in life right they all shape us yeah absolutely well on that note Elle, I know you are just about to disappear to go and do a presentation so I'm not going to carry you anymore but will you come back can we do another one of these I'd love to yeah. um, um, thank you very much for having me I really no, appreciate it and I really honour you doing this I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing um, many of your other great interviews well thank you I'm, thank you very I'm, much thank you so much and uh well we'll, look, we'll see you straight after anyway yeah you bet you take care thanks Jill. <laughs> that's great thank you i really enjoyed that